First uh, Corinthians chapter 15 will be our text. Thank you for coming back out this evening. Let's start at verse 55. If you're there and ready, say amen. amen. Bible says, O death, where is thy sting? It's talking about the death, the penalty of sin. You got, listen, write it down. You're going to have to deal with it. Either deal with it down there or deal with it here. For the believer, thank God, we see, we see through all that. Because we've already been, we've already bowed. See, so either bow here, say, Lord, I'm, I'm guilty. Here's my sin. Give me righteousness. Or you'll be forced to bow down in hell. And there will be no righteousness. I mean, you know, we can go home right there. You got to deal with it. Well, not today. Well, it might be today if you die. Paul says, oh, um, oh, death, where is thy sting? The sting of, uh, the sin was, or the sting of death was sin. But a believer's put his sin where? On Christ. Bible says, um, oh, grave. You look there, it's death. Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Well, uh, we don't go to the grave. Our body goes to sleep, but it's going to be raised incorruptible. But our spirit, amen, goes to be with our Lord and Savior. If you die in your sin, grave is something you don't want to face. Death means that you're going to face the penalty of your sin. And there's degrees of, you know, hell. There's some good moral people that's good folks, good neighbors, but they've never bowed and said, Lord, here's my sin. Give me your righteousness. I believe you died, buried, and rose again. Forgive me. They've never said that. So the grave to them is a rude awakening. The death for you and I is blessed. Before they ever say, he's gone. The Lord said, I done got him. But for those who die in their sin, if you trace it, it's not good. Paul says there in verse 15, but thanks be to God, salvation is not man. It's God's favor on man through Jesus Christ. Amen. He tells you and I, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Man's not in this. Man just receives God's favor. The Bible says there in verse 58, therefore my beloved brethren, now this is to you and I that are born again, We've already bowed. He said, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So he's telling you and I, we got the Bema seat. Make sure you live for the right reason, for the right things. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 5. First uh, Corinthians chapter 3 talks about wood, hay, and stubble. That would be temporary, selfish things. And as you grow in the Lord, the more you're going to let him in your toy box and say, Lord, I, you know, I love that, but I'm learning to love you more. And uh, I'll sell that or I'll, I'll prioritize that better. You know, no more weekends for me. I'm in the house of God, serving the Lord God. Amen? Start making changes. I'm not just a Sunday morning goer anymore. Uh-uh, no, I'm falling in love with you. Bible says right here, he says, unmovable, always abounding. Abounding means to enlarge, means to go over the bank. Amen. Faith is not, 
falling backwards. It's not a lateral movement. Faith is a forward movement. And we are to walk by faith. We're saved by faith, but we're to continue by faith. Bible says we walk not by sight, but by faith. And so as you grow, God's going to push. He's going to pull you into new territory. He's going to say, hey, when you gave me your sins and I gave you forgiveness and gave you righteousness, I gave you the Holy Spirit. And in that Holy Spirit, he baptized you into a family. That family is the body of Christ. In that, I have given you a gift. It's a spiritual gift. It's for the edification of this church. You say, well, they don't need me there. Yes, they do. God's gifted you to be a part of a local assembly, amen, to make this church function and have more power and shine deeper and farther because you are a part of this church. So um, this coming to Easter, one you know, church one time a year, to give God's homage is baloney. It's an everyday. And when the church was birthed or empowered there in Acts 2, they met daily. They didn't have buildings like you have. Big old gym over there, man. You have weddings and all the stuff you do and youth and eat. I'll come over here. What building are we going to meet at? Well, I don't know. We go over there or here. I mean, you're blessed. They didn't have none of that. But they, every day they was adding to the church. You know why? As blessed as you are, this can be a problem if you let it. God said, uh, was you more faithful when you just had a little building over there trying to get them in? Have you got lazy on me? Have you lost your passion for the thing? We all fight this. Get comfortable. So in that, he's telling you and I, uh, abounding in the work of the Lord. What is the work of the Lord? Guys, I tell you, God's into saving souls. So bus ministry, I guarantee you, check that. God likes it. Who else is going to care for him? Who else has the gospel and the mandate to go? Not the Kiwanis? No. No. No, they're, not, they're an organization, but they're not a living organism. See, God, you and I are living. God's called us from death and birthed us, gave us life. Amen? You know, Awanas has just got a president, and they try to do good things, and God bless them. But they're just an organ, organization. Or organ, how do you say it? Organization. I can't say it. But anyway, we are a living organism. Boy, when I learned that truth, you know, we're set up different. We got a different mission. If you're not careful, you'll forget God's into souls being saved. When you pick up and work a bus route, don't think you're wasting your time. You listen, God's He knows what you're doing. So in that, there's a ministry. It's what he says here. There's a work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. Uh, it don't matter what you and I see. Just make sure that God sees it. Don't do it for Pastor Muncy. Do it because you're walking with God and you love him. And he's the one that saved you. Amen. I won't get any farther than that. But the Bible says there in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, he carries on. I want you to see four or five quick things. Look there, if you would, at verse 1. Then he gets, says, now concerning the collection for the saints. You think, what in the world's happened here? Well, that's 
he just continued on. Thank God the tomb's empty. Thank God the sting has been, stinger's been removed. Amen. Thank God we can move forward, be steadfast, unmovable. What do we do? Meet at church on the first day of the week. That's what he says. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I've given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do you. He said, we're back to business. God says, I need your tithe. Keep everything going. I need you to give over and above your tithe for the Jews that are suffering. They helped you. Now they're in trouble. We're going to help them. He's telling them it's Easter every day. It's not just one time a year. Easter is an idea of a resurrection day that someone who died, buried, and rose again so we can live different and have different purposes. He's telling this church, I know you got things to do, but make sure on the first day of the week you're in the house of God. He says in verse two, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store. He's telling you and I, make sure you put me first. It takes money to reach souls. He tells you and I, you cannot separate your spirituality from your generosity. Usually, when you have a hard time going for the billfold, you got a heart problem. God lavishes his love on us. When you're walking with God, in tune with God, and you're having a resurrection day every day, because you realize my sins have been placed on him. His righteousness has been given to me. I am not a part of a, of a group that's trying to do something. I am part of a living body that has been gifted and I'm functioning for the glory of God and to reach this area for the cause of Christ. But I can't go everywhere. How do I, how do I help those in the Philippines? I lay apart money over and above my tithes and offerings, help faith promise to get the money over there. Why? Because money is souls. We don't celebrate one time a year. This is an everyday activity for United Believers is to continue to work on. Next Sunday, we meet again. Next Sunday night, doors are open. This coming Wednesday night, doors are open. Well, I've never been here on a Wednesday night. It's the same building. But you're going to add and help thicken the fellowship. He tells you and I, um, systematic giving, also a personal giving, and then a proportionate giving. He mentions three different types. And look what he says here in verse 2. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you Lay by him in store as God hath prospered him that there be no gatherings when I come. What he says is this is planned. Amen, you get a, a, a week check or every two weeks. You shouldn't, nobody has to beg. You ought to live in obedience. Say, hey, listen, it's a privilege for me to give how God's prospered me. I'm just a steward of it anyway. I don't own nothing. God sees what I give, as you grow in the Lord, you ought to grow in your giving. I'm going to say it again. You cannot separate your spirituality from your generosity. There's a nerve, it's a very sensitive nerve that runs from your back pocket to your heart. But when God gets your heart, that nerve will quiet down because you know enough principle. You can't outgive him. It takes money to win souls. Money is an earthly thing. Matter of fact, we'll get to that here in a minute. Ain't no money over in heaven. But what you do with your money here, the rewards will be waiting for you over there. 
God says in Matthew 6, 33, he says, if you put me first, how would we do that? Money, time, talent. He says, whenever you grow and I get more of you, when you step towards me and I step towards you, hey, fireworks are about to take place. Tells you and I in this, spiritually motivated. We give because spiritually it's a principle and we're motivated, not, not by the pastor, not by anybody else. We're spiritually motivated because every day's Easter and every day I'm a part of Christ's body and all my sins have been dealt with. I'm positionally in Christ and practically I'm learning to live for Christ. He watches everything I do and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Oh, I can't afford to give. Listen, you better get in the book. You can't afford not to give. He tells you and I in this in Luke 16, 10. He that is faithful in that which is least. You know what that, the, he's ta- Christ is talking about? Material things. If material things has damned you up, you got a real problem. You're a spiritual baby. Kids will fight you over their toys. God said, I'll fight you too because your toys are robbing me of what belongs to me. A lot of times when you get closer to the Lord, he'll tell you things that he couldn't tell you when you're distance apart. Abraham had a more sensitive ear than Lot. That's why they lived different. Amen? So the idea is here, if you look at that verse, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. God said, why should I give you more when you're not even faithful with what I've already gave you? If you're not a good steward here, you're not going to get any better if I give you more. It's just going to trip you up more. But if I can use your hands and you won't hoard and you won't steal from me, then I'll keep peddling it through you. So what he's telling here in chapter 16, thank God tomb's empty. Thank God he's risen. Thank God our sin has been dealt with. The stinger has been moved. There's victory, but don't stay there and shout too long because we got work to do. He tells you and I there that uh, he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to whisper it to you. He knows what he can trust you with. Number two, verse five through nine, talks about when you're living in God's will. See, listen, you can be saved and visit the tomb and see he's not there and then go off on your own little field trip and have a party. What about God's house? What about the work? What about who's going to run the buses? Who's going to visit? He's going to do all this. Well, that someone will do it. No, 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 wait a minute. If you want to have Easter every day or a resurrection day, then you're going to have to make time for him. Bible says there in verse 5, you can look at it, chapter 16. Now I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia, for I do pass through Macedonia, and it may be that I will abide, yea, and winter with you, that you may bring on me my journey, whithersoever I go. For I will see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permit. You know what he's saying? It's not about what I want anymore. It's about what God wants. You see what he said there? It's what God wants. If the Lord permits, hey, I'm not running the show anymore. I'm his servant. Where God wants me, I'll serve. Look at verse eight. 
I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Now, wait a minute. Do you know enough Bible when you're in the work of God, there's always going to be adversaries? I don't like it. The work's too hard. Hey, read your Bible. That's the way it works. If there's no opposition, you're not doing anything. Why would the devil fight you? you? You could care less about the church. You're not faithful in the church. You're not tithing. You don't have a vision for soul. You don't have a burden for soul. You ain't no threat to him. He said, just keep playing in your toys. But when you grow up and get a heart to do something, living in the will of God, how can I have Easter every day? Get in the book, stay powered up, let God give you a vision, and then go, go work the field. God says, if you'll till... I'll bless. If you'll sow, I'll multiply. Guys, you can't beat that. I can't save any, but God says, if you'll go out and tell the word, I'll save them. We're living in hard times. Folks are selfish. It's all about them. But God says, I need for you to die so that I can do something through you. God uses our body. Christ came in the flesh. You ever think about that? He came in flesh. They could touch him and feel him. Hey, that was a big deal when Thomas said, hey, I'm struggling, Lord. He said, I know. Give me your hand. Put it right here. He said, look. Right here. This is where they put the spear in me, Thomas. From that moment on, Thomas never doubted again. See, God uses the circumstances of life to bring you closer to say, listen, it's me. Remember the, remember the disciples? Many of them were hiding. They were meeting in rooms like, man, we don't know what to do. We don't know if a soldier's going to come and knock or if somebody else is after us. We don't know what's happened. They say he's alive and well. Mary said he was. Others have saw him. We're scared. They were trembling. And then Jesus knocked on the door. They unlocked the door and they fellowshiped and they never trembled again. Just trying to tell you, You'll find Mary Magdalene weeping when she walked into the tomb. Where's he at? Looking for Jesus. Where's he at? Jesus appeared to her and she never asked again. What I'm saying is we all face fears, but God says, you want to have Easter? You want to have a resurrection uh, Sunday? Have it every day. Find something that I've gifted you to do and put it on your task your list, your priorities, and every day try to find a place where you and I can operate in the will of God. Well, preacher, I just don't know if I can do it. No, you can't. But greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Amen? Our greatness is not in us. Our greatness is in him. He tells you there in verse 9, for a great door and effectual. You know what that effectual means? This is God's doing. Listen, there's nothing any more exciting when God blesses your obedience and he begins to bring you a harvest. Effectual means it's alive. It's it now's the day. I can't walk away from this, Daryl. This is effectual. This is catching. I mean, it's ready to burst. You really, listen, you might not even see it because we're so enamored with what everything else is doing. But God says, if I can get you to see what's around you, it's effectual. It's ready. I mean, we get up in the morning, we got this we got to do and that we got to do and God says, oh, if you just take time for me, 
I can show you the harvest that's two steps away from you. You remember Peter when he went fishing? Peter said, I'm going to go fishing. The other disciples said, we're going. If you're going to go, I'm, I'm, we're going to go. They fished all night. They did everything right, but God said, I ain't going to bless you. You're in disobedience. They fished all night, wore out. Christ comes on the scene. Amen. What did he say? Peter, let's get back in the boat. I don't want to get on the boat. Come on, take me out a little bit. Everything sometimes the Lord will ask you to do is completely opposite of what we want to do. Peter was laughed at. Peter, you fished all night. You don't go in the daytime. You don't go out in the deep in the day. You're embarrassing yourself. Can you imagine Peter that night? So like, blow out the candle, man. Let's just sneak in, wash our nets, and go home. The Lord said, hello, it's me. I know you're hungry. Before we talk about spiritual things, let me feed you physically. Hey, won't you go get a path, Peter? You stink. You stink. And we will talk. And boy, he got him already physically. And then he sat down and said, listen, let's get on the boat. He was only a few feet away from a great harvest. What was the difference? He was trying to do it in his own might. And God said, I can't bless that. But that's what Christ did. He got on Peter's boat and gave him orders. <laughs> he took over his boat. You think, well, he would never take over my boat. That's the problem. See, Peter thought, hey, this is my ship. God says, yeah, and you ain't doing real good, are you? But if you'll let me take over, it can still be your ship, but I'm in command. Your body is neutral. That boat can float, but someone had to bring the fish in. Peter said, I worked all night, no fish. Listen, I've been in Alabama. We do a tip revival down there. It's serious business. When you've got work all night and you come in with nothing, and diesel's at 379 a gallon. Amen. All night long, they're trying to think, do we call it quits and take the loss, or maybe can we hit the jackpot? But listen, when God's on your side, the, everything they did, what I have read, went out in the deep, daylight, no one does that. Fishermen fish at night close to the banks. Everything he asked them to do, well, here's what he's trying to teach them. If I'm on your side, if you'll give me the keys to your life, I can show you where the fish are. Here's the only thing he's saying. Well, Easter's over. No, it's not. Every day's Easter. And I say Easter just because it's something that we understand. Every day we celebrate because the tomb's empty. Every day we're in business. Why? He's alive and well. He's on the right hand of the Father. He's, he's interceding for you and I. Christ is still Lord 34 times in the King James Version. He is Jesus the Lord. Why? Because he conquered death for you and I. He's not just Jesus. Jesus the Son. He's Jesus the Lord. The Bible tells you and I... <coughs> We not, you want to experience resurrection power? Just say no to fears and say, God, I know it's what you've called me to do. My flesh don't want to do it, but God, by faith, say it with me. By faith, I'm going to do something that it's, it's, it's abnormal. God, I, I've never done this, but Lord, I, I, know it's, I know it's a principle, so here I go. You're saying what Peter did. I fished all night, caught nothing. Lord, you take over. This is your ship. You just give the commands. We'll do it. Guess what happened? You ever think about this? When they got back to the shore, 
Peter jumped out on back in Luke 6. They all jumped out to help get the fish in. But on this one, Peter jumped out by himself and pulled the fish in. I've read all type of commentaries. And they said it was just God enabling him. See, listen, Peter didn't know that Pentecost was just a few weeks down the road. This was taking place during the 40 days between the resurrection and the ascension. They had doubt, insecurities. You don't think God knows we struggle with some things? He just tell, he told Peter, he said, Peter, I just want you to know I'm still in business. Tomb's empty. We, there's, there's some souls that need to be saved. And I've called you to fish, not for something that's alive. I've called you to fish for those that are dead so that I can make them alive. Peter spent his, most of his life catching life things for them to die and sell in the market. God said, I flipped it. I want you to catch those that are dead in their sins. Bring them to the master so I can quicken them. Guys, he's called us to a task that's way bigger than your job. He's called us to a task that is great, bit, great, a lot more bigger than what you and I can ever dream. And what he's saying here is this Easter or Resurrection Day is not just in April. It's every day. He's in business. We got a job to do. You got a city to reach. You got coworkers that need the gospel. God, experience his power in your life. It'll change your life. Look at verse 18. He says, for they have refreshed my spirit. He's talking about uh, Priscilla and uh, different ones there in verse 17, Stephanus, various ones. You know what God says? It's a tough battle. It's not easy. He said, but I will send folks in your path to refresh you. Listen, that's kind of like he leadeth me. In the paths of righteousness. He lays out a table for me in the midst of my enemies. You know what God is saying? When you battle for me, I got your back. Amen. Read it. You'll find it there. Here's a third point. When, you're, <clears throat> when we're working together for Christ. Look there at verse 10. I got to hurry. I got just a few minutes. He says, now if, if um, Timothy come, see that he may be with you without fear. You all with me? He worketh the work of the Lord as I do. Let no man therefore despise him. Now, why? Because Timothy uh, was a, what's the word? He's timid. And he, he, he didn't like to be out in the, you know, like me and Muncie, we'll just come out and rub noses with you. Well, Timothy's like, I don't want to come out there. I'll just, I'll, I'll meet you guys around at the side door. And I'll be praying. Don't call me out in the crowd. Whatever you need, just let me know. I'll have it. He was, so they, they said most of the time people take advantage of him. But Paul, being a man of God, says, hey, I'm not in this by myself. I need the help of these other men. And he begins to list them. I can list you people in my spiritual life that has helped me in the ministry. Matter of fact, I couldn't do what I do if I didn't have the help of some folks in the ministry that just stand behind me. We find it in the, in the battle with Moses, amen? And they Aaron and them had to hold their hands up. Why? Because he can't do it all. They'd win the battle as long as they held it up with the staff. But if the staff failed, then the battle turned. So they'd hold them up. Why? They want victory. God says, I'll give you victory, but it takes all of us. See, when we get selfish and we quit thinking about other people, Folks, we're, we're heading the wrong direction. 
Look what he says. Now, you know what your body is. We need hands. We need arms, feet. Let no man therefore despise him. Verse 11. But conduct him forth in peace, that he may come unto me, for I look for him with what? What do you think that means? I look, I look for him. Is he saying that I wish he don't come or, or is he saying, boy, I need him? Y'all with me? What is he saying? Is he saying, I, I need him. Don't you stop him. I need him to help me in the ministry. Look what he says here in verse 12. As touching our brother Apollos, greatly desired him to come unto you with a brethren, but his will was not to all to come at this time. I mean, he begins to lay it out, final instructions. Some were busy, some were, some had a heart, some didn't. Some could make it, some didn't. But the bottom line is, it takes all of us. If you're going to do anything for the Lord, we've got to learn to work together. You ever study the book of Gideon? Gideon didn't do it by himself. Matter of fact, he stood with confidence when he had 32,000. But God took him down to 300. I think that's 1%. Otherwise, he's telling, I know your hope and your trust is in those men, but I'm the one that's going to give you victory. He took them down to 300 men, and then he gave them a jar and a, a candle. Everything the Lord has ever done to have a victory, man would fight it. Jericho, march around it one time for six days. Oh, you serious, Lord, they're laughing at it. Better march if you want to win this one. On that, what, six days? Seven times. Lord, come here. Let's have a meeting. You're killing me. I'm just telling you, the Lord works in different ways than what you and I think. And you'll sit there and try to figure it out. Now, God, if you'll do this, Lord God, if you'll bend this way, oh, God. He's like, come on, man. Read the Bible. You'll find out that I don't do things the way you do it. I do them different. Keith, I had to learn that. How many times I wanted the Lord to do basic things? He said, David, your problem is you're asking something that I don't want to do. You ought to be accepting what I've already done. Let me give you a verse. Romans 16, 4. Who have for my life laid down their own necks, out of whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Paul's a Jew. But God miraculously gave him favor with the Gentiles. Amen? Now he's going back to the Gentiles pleading help for the Jews. And you don't think there's some prejudice there? There was. But God said, I'll work it. I'll work all those things out. He could have said, I'm not going to go, man. I know there's a lot of hatred there. There's some, they're, they're bigoted towards some things. But he went. And God said, I'll work in their hearts. I just need for you to carry the mail. You remember when a, mail, a guy used to come up on a Saturday? Extra, extra, good news. Everybody ought to read it. Boy, they'd throw a paper out. And you'd open it up. That's back in the day. You know what we are? We're just paper carriers. Just carry the good news. Extra, extra. He's alive. Extra, extra. The stinger has been removed, amen? Extra, extra. Every day's Resurrection Sunday. It's not just in April one time a year. Hey, come back to church tomorrow night. Come back on Wednesday night. We're in business. Hey, there's a job for you to do. Got one more point, say amen. Here it is. When you look for his return, 
there's a word here in this, down through this text. I believe it's here in verse, um, look at verse 13. Watch ye stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men, be strong. Let all things be done with charity. And then he goes down there in verse um, 18. For they have refreshed my spirit. Verse 19. The churches of Asia salute you. He brings these folks out. Verse 21, the salutation to me, Paul, with my own hand, if any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be what? Anathema, accursed. Man, I'm so glad that the curse is off of me and he nailed it to the tree, the cross. I have been set free from my debt. Who paid it? He paid it. He's put us in a body to function. And I just want you to get this. I mean, you go to your jobs, thank God, if you have any type of leadership skills, you know how important it is to have folks to get the job done. Am I right or wrong? I mean, you know, if you don't have folks, what the biggest, I walked that place. If they all said, hey, we ain't coming, pull out your hose and water it yourself. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it'd be a bad day. Then you're going to have to start calling the customers. Walmart, we love you guys. And, but you're not going to get your fall flowers until December. Hello? Breaker one night. No, it don't work that way. Everything goes down when folks get uh, out of a relationship. Church, you might think it's not a big deal. I'm just telling you, every day is Resurrection Sunday. There's a job to be done. In this, he brings these words out, and I'm, I'm landing right here. Verse 22, if any man love not the Lord, Jesus Christ, let him be, say that word again. There it is, accursed. But then he says, let him be uh, anathema. And then that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. There's another word there. What's that? Maranatha. You know what that means? It means that Jesus saves. You don't have to leave her cursed you can leave here with Hosanna you can leave here being born again you can leave here changed now in my notes here let me make sure I got that right another rendering is the grace of God now I'm done you can leave cursed bearing your own sin and paying your own debt that Christ already paid on Calvary but you won't receive it if you don't want to leave here with the curse, then you're going to have to come to the grace of God. That's favor. You know what favor is? That they all might. Bible says you will not give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be damned. Grace is given to save you. That's why we ought to bow our heart and bow your knee. Romans says, as it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess. Now, a lot of folks think, well, when that time comes, you know, he might change his mind. He don't change his mind. Well, he might be out of business. Uh, it ain't going to happen. Well, maybe he'll change his mind. He ain't going to change his mind. Now, you're not dealing with man who might die and you might be okay. You're not dealing with somebody that might be voted out. Well, we'll just wait for a new man to come in. No, this new man ain't going nowhere. So that changes what I do and how I prepare. What's the attitude? He loves you. He did something for you you can't do for yourself. 
He wants to pull you out of the fire before you ever get into the fire. He wants to remove the stinger from you. That stinger is there's a penalty. Sin has a wage to it. So what he's saying is, I can grace you if you'll bow your head and bow your knee. I'll favor you. I'll put you on a foundation that will hold you for eternity. Or you can leave here cursed and face your own damnation. It's what the Bible says. I'll give you one verse. It says right here in 2 Thessalonians 2.12 that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The Bible says in Jude to execute judgment upon all, to convince all that are ungodly among them of their ungodly deeds which they have done. Man, if I was here lost, you know what I'd do? I would get up here in a hurry and say, Lord, here's my sins. Put them under the blood and give me your righteousness. Would you? Why would you leave here carrying your own debt of sins that's going to curse you? You're already cursed. Why would you? Listen, if you can stop judgment, stop it. Yet every time. Hell just keeps taking them in. Matter of fact, the Bible says hell has enlarged itself. Is there more going to hell than heaven? I don't know. I'm just saying hell's enlarged itself. I don't get it, but sin, there's something about sin that just shuts people's hearts off. Just closes it up. Only God can open it, but you got to say yes. I hope you will. But for you and I that are believers, thank God I'm saved. Thank God cross man is payment been made. Thank God the resurrection is proof that he accepted the payment. Thank God I can be saved, amen? Man can be saved. I got a message to preach. But I don't have to wait until next April to celebrate Resurrection Day. I can celebrate and live in the power of it every day. And I want to encourage you, Landmark, don't take this day and put it back in a file and say, we're done. Back to normal. No. Let this thing do something to empower you. Every day we have the privilege to see that the tomb's empty. Amen? That he's ascended to the Father. And when he went to the Father, he gave the Holy Spirit to empower us for the job he's called us to do. Hey, you've never seen the side of Jesus maybe where he can reveal himself. Only place you know him is in church when others enjoy him. Hey, learn to enjoy what he's given you. He lives in you. He wants to work in and through you. Hey, you're a vessel of mercy. Let God do something through you that'll touch people. and Your life will change. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Pastor's going to come. Take care of the invitation.